Welcome to our podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing multiple civilizations during the 19th century and comparing them. I am Tyler, representing the Qing Dynasty. I'm Trevor, and I'm representing the Ottoman Empire. I'm Anna, and I'll be representing Japan in the 19th century. Alrighty, well, let's get into it. Our first topic, we'll be talking about what state actions were taken during this time. Well, during this time period, uh, the Qing Dynasty was kind of starting to lose power to uh, provincial officers and local gentry because the population was growing so much and the, the government just couldn't like uh, do what it needed to do. It couldn't collect taxes. It couldn't um, build stuff. It couldn't, um, it didn't, wasn't able to do what it needed to do. So therefore the local officers gained power from that. Then, um, I just don't think that the government just honestly didn't do very much. Okay, that's fine. Um, okay, uh, I guess, Trevor, do you want to go now? Yeah. So, in the case of the Ottoman Empire, we, de- we declined below the status of the European powers because our sovereignty was essentially removed by Europe and we were split into other countries that we now know today, such as Turkey, Greece, Serbia, Bulgaria, and Egypt. Our government tried to launch a campaign of defensive modernization under our Sultan Selim III, but this failed because of dissatisfaction with his policies. So eventually, groups like the Young Ottomans and Young Turks led our empire to become a more modern and Western one, with, with non-Muslims being granted equal rights and more rights for women. So, for Japan... Um, the government and the people were really worried seeing what had happened to um, China and the Ottoman Empire um, because of how European powers like pressured them. So Japan like subsided and agreed to some unfair treaties, uh, which started the modernization process essentially um, and which was mostly led by the government. So that was a large action taken by the government where they were trying to modernize Japan um, in fear that they would become a colony or decline because of the European powers. So they essentially created their own industrial revolution and um, they borrowed from European like sciences and technologies to advance their government and society. All right, that was a nice talk on state action. Next, we're going to talk about peasant uprisings. There, it seemed like this time caused a lot of conflict in our air, in each of our regions. Um, for me, in China, there were multiple uprisings. The Taiping uprising happened um, in the middle of the century, and its uh, leaders rejected traditional uh, traditional religions like Confucianism, Taoism, and Buddhism for Christianity, actually. And they wanted some revolutionary change. They wanted to get rid of private pro- property and redistribute it. They And they wanted to um, reorganize the government. They wanted to make the nation, and it, they wanted to transform China into an industrial nation. Then... Um, unfortunately, that or that um, revol- that 
uprising was crushed by the um, government, but later the Boxer Uprising also occurred, which was an anti-foreign movement in northern China. This one was significant um, in that the European powers had to move in to crush it, and that gave Europeans quite a bit more power in China. All right. So Ottoman, so uprising in the Ottoman Empire were basically a result of, you know, a difference of opinion on how to handle the future and how to advance the um, falling empire forward. But they were mostly in response to Sultan Selim III, young Ottomans, and the young Turks. So the opposition to Selim III led the young Ottomans taking control, and they wanted a more modern Western society with centralization and a European-style parliament, and for the Sultan to have less power. So basically, a less traditionally you know, Middle Eastern society. Um, but the young Turks then took over because they were dissatisfied with the young Ottomans and they wanted a more constitutional government. And they also secularized schools, such as um, schools, courts, and laws, basically further removing the influence of, um, you know, religion on their society. So for Japan, um, kind of ironically, the government was... Um, like, they were trying to freeze the classes. It, the Tokugawa shogunate was um, a military-led government, and they were trying to create stability for Japan because they were afraid of being overpowered by the great European powers. So they were trying to freeze classes in society. But um, with their own self-led industrial revolution, the classes that they had organized um were not fitting like there were peasants who were moving above like um what were to be considered elites because merchants had been making so much money with this new industrial revolution so with the government trying to freeze the japanese classes people were starting to get angry and just overall very unhappy so um, uprisings happened, which started the downfall of the Tokugawa shogunate and the daimyo. Well, it seems like we all have a lot of internal um, conflict. But let's talk about some external conflict. I know we all probably have quite a lot to say about Western Europeans. <laughs> um, for China, this all centered around opium. The, Euro the Western Europeans um, needed to balance their trade because they had too many imports and not enough exports to China. So they were sending money in, so they were taking, thing taking lots of goods from China, but weren't exporting very much to China. So they, so, they sent so they started sending opium, which is addictive to China and got lots of Chinese people addicted. It ended up becoming a major part of trade and they were able to make plenty of money off of it. But China didn't really like this um, because they were getting their people addicted and also they weren't um, able to control the trade. So they um, decided to fight back, which created the Opium Wars, which caused a lot of conflict. And um, But Europeans had superior uh, military and weapons so they were able to uh, win the Opium Wars pretty easily. This created what's known as unequal treaties. And these treaties 
um, these treaties opened up lots of Chinese ports for like, exclusive um, European trade. Europeans were able to control, like, were able to like uh, exercise lots of control within China, um, creating what's called like spheres of influence, and basically China lost much of its power to Europeans. Um, China entered some other opium wars as well, but um, China and Europe entered multiple other opium wars, but Europe always won and ended up creating what's known as an informal empire in China, where it basically held control of China. All right, so, um, so the Ottomans you referred to as a sick man of Europe was basically caused by their inability to stop the European powers from taking, taking control of the surrounding areas. And also the Europeans put many calculations into place on the Ottoman Empire, exempting many of their own citizens from the Ottoman laws and taxes. So they essentially removed Ottoman sovereignty. So this caused them to fall into dependency because they, they could not keep up with Europe and Europe's booming economy and just a sheer power of the European Empire. Similar to what happened to China, actually. So for Japan, it's actually kind of a bit different of what happened to the Chinese Empire and the Ottoman Empire because Europe didn't actually force or take that much from Japan, but their impact overall was pretty great. So originally when the U.S. came to Japan, they kind of made some of these unequal treaties which Japan accepted because they were afraid of what had happened to the other two empires. Um, but they, at that moment, were dealing with their own civil war, which gave Japan this opportunity to make their own industrial revolution and modernize. But because um, the European powers invaded Japan after not being there for so many centuries, the people started to lose faith in their government which um, ultimately led to the end of the Tokugawa shogunate and started this new um, form of government called the Meiji Restoration, which was all about modernization and just really pushing for, like, Western technology. Yeah, Europeans definitely were a very important part of the 19th century. But this leads into the um, decline within um, different, within governments within our regions. So for China, the Qing dynasty really declined during this period because people become became disillusioned with it. They realized, they, they had known that it was foreign. It, um, the, the Qing dynasty was not from China and that had always been a bit of a problem with it. But now with the opium wars, it was unable to protect China. So people um, wanted to didn't like the dynasty anymore, and they um, w- wanted to make change. Uh, in the end, the the Qing dynasty tried to make change changes called uh, self strengthening. They worked to um, try to do some industri- industrialization in China, but it really wasn't enough. And China um, it became much less powerful in the world. It lost power to Japan. It um, 
was wasn't anywhere near as important as it was before and it had become basically an empire of europe um in uh in the beginning of the 20th century the qing dynasty ended as well all right so basically the Ottoman empire became a shell as former self um it shrunk massively and um we could not keep up with europe and we could also not increase our economic production and industrialize our economies. So much of our land was taken by Europe. Um, also, the former areas of our empire gained independence because the European powers could not divide up what they had um, taken from the Ottoman Empire. So, in essence, the Ottoman Empire dissolved into the nation-state of Turkey and um, a lot of other surrounding countries, such as Greece, Serbia, Bulgaria, and Egypt. And... Um, so it was it was much smaller, not much of an empire. I was actually not really an empire anymore at all. But um, Islam did still remain prominent. Differently from both of those, actually, Japan's civilization at the beginning of the 20th century was, like, booming. Like, they were doing great. Um, they had a remarkable modernization process with industrialization, economic growth, openness to trade, and um, as a European like to say, embrace of civilization and enlightenment, which are basically the European values. Um, they were now considered one of the greatest powers of the world, um, and they were leading the leading uh, power in Asia, which had previously been China, as Tyler had mentioned, um, and were now almost seen as like an equal to the European powers who viewed most of the rest of the world as inferior. So and overall, Japan was actually doing pretty well and not even declining at all. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Um, it seems like both China and the Ottoman Empire really faced a lot of decline during this period and had a lot of conflict while the uh, while Japan also changed quite a lot, but did not decline, it actually um, it boomed during this time. So thanks for coming in. We'll see you next time. Yep, thank you, you guys. Thank you. All right.